The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Dynamic Healing with two experts in chronic pain, David Hanscom and Les Aria. This podcast will show you how to unlock your body's ability to heal. Just breathe and learn how to rewire your brain and break free from chronic pain. Welcome to Dynamic Healing. I am Les Aria. And I am David Hanscom. And our purpose today is a, is a topic that's been really interesting to me for a long time. It's called acceptance and commitment therapy. And I was doing my personal journey, learning how to solve chronic pain. And I was inadvertently coming into this process called acceptance and commitment therapy without knowing what it was. I met my guru, Dr. Arya, a few years ago and started putting some meat on the bones here. And it really has helped me tremendously to understand why all these processes work. And this isn't, this is all based in deep science research. And so the purpose today is to understand acceptance and commitment therapy and how it can help you shift into pain recovery. So Dr. Arya, I'm gonna to go to school today and I'm gonna learn from you what is acceptance and commitment therapy. Then I'll actually correct you and tell you what it actually really is. <laughs> I love it. There we go, there we go. Hey, hello folks. Again, um, so what David and I wish to do today this episode is just to give you a nice clear overview of acceptance and commitment therapy here after known as ACT. ACT. And in our last episode, we actually gave you a little dose of it. If you check out our last episode here called Using Values to Keep a New Year's Resolution, that gave you a a very gentle, high-level overview of ACT. But we're going to get into a little bit more details. We're going to dive a little bit deeper. And we're also going to show you how you can actually use ACT to transform not only your pain, but also your life. And, And David, um, I'd love to start with a quote here from uh, the guru, the guru himself, doc, Dr. Stephen Hayes, is the founder and creator of acceptance and commitment therapy. And I'm going to read his quote really slowly because it's so simple, but very, very deep. Here goes. If you're not willing to have it, you will. If you're not willing to have it, you will. And for those of you who've hung out with me, I have a different way of saying this, what you resist shall persist. And so that's just a nice quote for us to start that when we have a lot of stuff that shows up, difficult thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations, 
what tends to happen is we want to push out the bad stuff and just pull in the good stuff. And this is where that tug of war occurs with the mind and body. Yeah, the humans have a problem in that we have consciousness. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we, we have language, which is a problem. So again, I quote you all the time, what you resist will persist. So ironically, your brain's going to develop wherever you place its attention. So if you think unpleasant thoughts, et cetera, or things that are unpleasant come at you, if you experience them, they get reinforced. But if you try to suppress them, it's even worse. And, and in each instance, you're given neurological attention to these thoughts. And that's why well-intentioned people have more of a problem with this, because think about your life in general. We give meaning to everything. So I look at a car that I had when I was in, you know, 16 years old, which is a Volkswagen. So I look at a Volkswagen differently than you do. And it has meaning. I look at different foods differently, right? So yeah. we have meaning to everything we looked at. So I picture my granddaughter. I have a picture of a book here. All these books I've read. Each book I look at has different meaning. So we give meaning to things. And so that gets embedded in our brain. So if there's a meaning or situation that we look at something that we don't like, of course, we suppress it. And from a neuroplasticity standpoint, we just pay neurological attention to it. And the metaphor I've used multiple times is like a basketball spinning on your finger, that if you pay attention to the basketball and keep spinning it, it's going to keep spinning. Yeah. If you try not to pay attention to it, it's going to spin even faster. So you and I have done workshops on this, is that the only solution is to separate from that energy and then move on to the rest of your life. So it's not ignoring it. Because right. if you ignore it or try to suppress it, that's a problem. But there's ways of separating from it and actually moving into the rest of your life. So as you move to the rest of your life, you're simply paying less attention to these circuits. Exactly how, how, how did I do, Dr. Arnold? Wow, I, I'm, I'm actually impressed. You know what? Uh, let's just uh, applaud you and let's just kind of, we're done with the episode. <laughs> you, you did a great job truly summarizing what ACT really does, acceptance commitment therapy. I mean, that's a very practical way of looking at it metaphorically. And the question is, what really is ACT? And ACT is a form of cognitive behavioral therapy. And, you know, there are different uh, ways of describing it. And the way I like to describe um, acceptance commitment therapy, again, it's a very action-oriented kind of uh, scientifically proven behavioral therapy that emphasizes mindfulness-based skills and values. And that basically, that premise itself, those skill sets of ACT, really challenges traditional psychological treatments. Because traditional psychological treatments try to teach you to often replace thoughts and emotion, uh, thoughts and, and have you focus on just the behavior to, to try to get rid of things. And in acceptance and commitment therapy, we don't get rid of things. We truly, David, is, I'm going to quote you, to welcome the unwelcomed. In that sense, because you've said it so many times, it's not your phrase. Okay. <laughs> so ACT really teaches you to just get some separation um, from what is showing up. And that's where we really want to pause for a second and take a look at this is when we have difficult thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations, the first thing we humanly do when difficult things show up, doesn't matter whether it's inside of us, outside of us, or what's in between us. When difficult stuff shows up, especially our chronic pain, what happens is this, is we're trying to figure out how to get rid of it. And there lies the problem. 
David, you have some thoughts about mental control. Uh, can you share them? Well, the part's been incredibly enlightening to me is that for many, many years, I'm a surgeon, so I'm always trying to get rid of physical pain. But it sort of hit me on the questionnaire is that people were, were ranking themselves really high on anxiety, depression, and irritability. So then I had four people in two weeks come in, all high-level businessmen, all very successful, and their anxiety was 10 out of 10. So I said, look, if I did surgery to get rid of your physical pain and you had to live with the anxiety the rest of your life, or you could drop down your anxiety and live with the pain, every one of them said, I can't deal with the anxiety. I'll deal with the physical pain, but I can't deal with the anxiety. In other words, I can't deal with the mental pain. So long story short, we went through an, an ACT type process and they all did fine and canceled their legitimate surgeries. They sort of had surgery because as their nervous systems calmed down, they actually canceled their surgery. So I realized a lot of the time that surgeons are asking the wrong question. <clears throat> Is it your physical pain or your mental pain that's mm -hmm. a bigger problem? Right. So what they're doing is that they're high-level people, they're well-intentioned, and what happens is it just fires up their brain, fires up the nervous system, mm -hmm. and they try to suppress it. But what I also learned is that, and I learned this from you, Dr. Gerberts, is that emotional pain is processed in the same manner as physical pain. Right. Do you have the same reaction? It's unpleasant. And the reason why we suppress thoughts and emotion is because they actually hurt. You hurt my feelings. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's, that's a metaphor, but it's actually true. So why would you want to feel pain? Why would you not suppress it? Why would you not try to control that? Now, the good news is Dr. Ari has hurt my feelings so many times to be quite immunized to this. So thank you for programming me out of this pattern. I, I, have you been doing ACT with me, Dr. Aria? I have unknowingly, and that's the coolness of it. <laughs> so David uh, and audience here is, um, as, as funny as we joke back and forth on this, the, tr the truth is that when we, when we struggle with what shows up and right. our go-to is, as you said, you know, like, you know, how do I get rid of it? And that's very normal. And then you've also mentioned in previous episodes and uh, workshops we've done, David, that we get caught up in this pattern, um, this obsessive pattern of wanting just the good and trying to push out the bad um, or whatever thought patterns we have. And I believe you've also mentioned this is when we struggle with trying to control everything, it just keeps us so stuck in what I call unnecessary suffering. Right. And remember, stress isn't the problem. The stress could be a physical threat, emotional threat, mental threat. It's that chemical reaction to it. In other words, when you give meaning to something, your body is not responding as a unit that that food tastes really good, you feel relaxed, and you have a good sensation around that food. If there's some experience in the past that didn't feel very good, when you see it or are reminded of it, your body chemically reacts with negativity. So it's not just a mental construct, and I will quote Dr. Arya, <laughs> is that your body's physiology, in other words, the state of your body's chemistry, determines your psychology. Yep. Do I have this right, Dr. Yeah, Arya? Yeah, you do. And then we'll take it one step further, is that, and, and your your psych psychological states, you know, resisting what's showing up um, and trying to avoid what is your reality will in turn physiologically change and fire up and wire up your nervous system. Let's repeat that and put this all together. David said, your physiological states determines your psychological states. And that in turn 
when we resist what shows up in our minds, in our bodies, in our life, that in turn influences the physiological states and stress response that chronically produces a lot of illnesses, diseases, and maintains chronic pain. Right. Well, you asked a question, what is psychological flexibility? So this is something we'll be talking about a lot in 2022 are these obsessive thought patterns. They're a neurological trick. They're part of the unconscious brain trying to protect you. And there's nothing you can do. But, we, but since we try to do something, why we make it all worse? So there's a set of tools, again, with acceptance and commitment therapy. So you can't just do positive thinking. Well, these thoughts aren't a big deal. Or try to brush them aside and suppress them. Um, there's also another word, repress, where we actually unconsciously suppress these thoughts. We call that repression compared to suppression, which is a conscious construct. Mm -hmm. So what happens is the combination of these unpleasant thoughts on a fired up nervous system is that combination together that's the problem. So there's ways of separating from the thoughts. There's ways of calming down the nervous system. Between the two of those, I mean, <clears throat> I think there's a silent epidemic of obsessive compulsive disorder. And we'll talk about that a lot this year. But I have people that do pretty darn well as far as chronic pain, but they're still tortured by these crazy thought patterns. It drives all of us crazy. So there's, so I feel this year that I can better look at it. I've been through it myself. I've helped many people through it. But I want to present it in a way that's more clear to people. And this will be an ongoing discussion with us. But today we're talking about psychological flexibility which is the opposite of the need for mental control. And again, the reason why we need mental control is because unpleasant thoughts hurt. They actually are unpleasant. They actually cause our body to react. They take away from our quality of life. So we have this deep need for, I'll use the word, mental control or psychological rigidity. Mm -hmm. And you're saying psychological flexibility. So I'm really curious what you mean. You said this involves six processes. They can be grouped into three steps. So I agree, it's very much of a learned skill mm -hmm. to calm down your physiology and also to deal with these obsessive thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of, um, according to ACT, a lot of our mental, and even uh, I'll extend it to the physical aspects of our life that create a lot of suffering. A lot of it comes from psychological inflexibility and as the word you use, rigidity. So when we get kind of caught up in our thoughts, when we resist um, what is showing up, we don't seem to realize that the mind uh, or our pain is pushing us around. When we basically um, start to believe everything that's inside of us, our mind tells us that you know we suck, or we're you know we're not lovable, or the pain will never improve. We have we get caught up in those thoughts, and and beyond that, beyond getting caught up in your thoughts resisting all of that, what happens is we tend to not do what brings us life. And all of that can be summarized, the, uh, the opposite of in psychological inflexibility is psychological flexibility. And let me give you a sentence of six processes, which I'm gonna put in a sentence. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, these six processes basically sounds like this. Actively contacting psychological experiences directly, fully, and without needless suffering while behaving effectively. Actively contacting psychological experiences directly fully and without needless suffering while behaving effectively. That is psychological flexibility. And I'm going to break it down into six processes. And these six processes is what gives you a sense of life, a sense of being able to have greater meaning and purpose, even when things are not going right in your life, especially with chronic pain. And we know that in chronic pain, when you tend to not have skills on how to, to really, really cope effectively to what is showing up, difficult thoughts, emotions, and that physical symptom that's showing up, when you fight and avoid and stop doing things that bring meaning in life, that's when we become psychologically inflexible. And that creates a lot of disease, or I should say dis-ease in our body. So what psychological flexibility says, according to ACT, is that when you can learn to not fight, and when you can learn to, regardless what your mind or body presents to you, you move towards what's meaningful to you, life, family, spirituality, whatever brings you a great sense of joy, right? So let's break the six processes down. The first one. Well, let me just make one point. Less. I'll go back to this idea about emotional pain and physical pain being processed the same way. It's very counterintuitive because if, I'm, if something's too hot, I'm going to move away from it. Right. So in other words, if it's a physical threat, I'm going to move away from it. But the mental threat is the same thing. So in this situation, again, compared to my uh, any other living creature, we actually have to move towards it. Is that what you're saying? Right. So it's very counterintuitive. And that's right. why in the beginning, I mentioned that what why ACT is so different from all other psychological therapies, interventions, is that it's counterintuitive in the sense that why would I want to lean to something that's causing me great suffering? It's because one of the things we want to know is when you can lean into something, ACT really does this. ACT does two specific things from my pain psychology perspective. ACT exposes you to what you don't want to deal with in, in a gentle way. And it also, in exposing yourself to what you don't want to deal with or accepting the reality, you actually tend to become desensitized. You, you basically realize that it's not overwhelming when you have specific skills. And that's why I wanted to mention these six processes, David, 
the, the first one being is when you make contact with the present moment. So when you can be in the, in the present moment versus the past or in judgment or the future. So step one of the six processes of being psychological flexible is making contact with the present moment. Number two, when you can realize that it's not you, you are not your thoughts, your emotions, or your pain. It is basically you are the observer. So basically, your mind tells you things. Your body sends you things. You are not your thoughts, emotions, or physical sensation. Now, in ACT, we have a fancy term called self as context. So you are- It's called are what? Self as context. C -O -N self as context? C-O-N-T-E-X-T. Okay. Basically, it's just a fancy way of saying is, do you notice that your mind and body is speaking to you? You are the observer of your experiences. You are not your experience in that sense. The third, uh, so that's the uh, second one. So first one is contact in the present moment. These are variables that promote psychological flexibility. Make contact with the present moment. Notice what is showing up in your mind and body. Two. Number three, when you can learn to separate from your thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations in the sense that you notice that they're showing them, you're not resisting, which is now the fourth one. Contacting the present moment is the first one. Second variable is knowing what is showing up, that they, you are not your thoughts, emotions, or sensations. That's number two. Number three is learning to separate, or as we call it an act, diffuse, D-E-F-U-S-E. Learning to separate. Can, can I make a quick comment here on the separation sure, sure. part of it? So that's what we, there's lots of ways of doing it, but the one that lesson I use a lot is this expressive writing where your thoughts on a piece of paper on the table, you're right. here. There's not a physical space between your thoughts and you. And that separation is connected by vision and feel, which is part of your unconscious brain. So that's why we call it mechanical meditation is purely an exercise and separation process. So it's one of those things you can just mechanically do even 30 seconds a day. And I just did it this morning. That your thoughts are here, your brain's here. And the reason why that exercise exists, the top psychologists in the world back in the 1990s pointed out that you can't escape your thoughts. And the only thing that they could really suggest to start the process is the expressive writing. And that's why we tend to harp on that a bit more than you think we might, because it's just is a necessary step is actually that separation process. Yeah, absolutely. So that separation process, again, that's the third um, processes or variable in psychological flexibility is diffusion or separation. Uh, the fourth one is accepting or acceptance of what is showing up. When you can learn to accept your reality, accept the fact is that your mind is speaking, your body is speaking. And it's just showing up. And if you have skills, such as what ACT says, is if you're willing to experience it, you will then be able to better move towards what matters. So when, when, when something shows up, we're not willing to accept our reality, that we're having some negative thoughts, our mind is pushing us around, our bodies are flaring up. When we resist it, that's the part where we talk about willingness so if you don't like the word acceptance then change it to willingness are you willing to have the experience no i'm not and if you say no then you're going to be creating a lot of unnecessary suffering so what act teaches you is can you learn to make contact with that and just realize that this is something that's showing up you don't have to be defensive about it but this is your reality right now so another word you're saying learning to just simply be with that pleasant 
thoughts and sensations. Yeah, so that's so that's the that's the part of welcoming the unwelcome. Right. It's an, an, an act has very specific skills in all of these processes. So I'm just walking you through the the what is it really to be psychologically flexible. So that's the fourth one, acceptance. And then the fifth one is values. And what is a value? A value is basically a mental quality of action. How do I wish to be? That's the question I usually beg myself and others when you're when you're experiencing something difficult in the day, on an experienced moment that's overwhelming. I ask myself, how do I wish to be when I'm angry, frustrated, or when I'm feeling you know tension in my body? I ask myself, how do I wish to be towards myself? or my pain, or my thoughts, or this person in this very moment. And that is called values. I wish to be kind, great. Now that's, the, that's a value. Well, the sixth variable or processes is called committed action. If I wish to be kind to myself or compassionate, what would that look like or sound like? So I'd use a softer tone to myself. I'd use kind of loving um, thoughts to myself, sayings, or to the other person. So the six processes, I'm going to run through them real quickly, and then we'll kind of walk you through how you can actually even use them on a daily life here, is this is make contact with the present moment. Basically, spend time in the present moment. Notice what, what is showing up. Number two, notice that your mind and body sometimes kind of push you around and knowing that you are not your thoughts, emotions, or physical sensations. Number three, learning to get separation, also known as diffusion. Number four, accept of what is number five values number six committed actions these six processes or variables equates to psychological flexibility so there's a lot in which you just said and we'll unpack this over the course of these next um, podcasts this year but um so you learn to separate from your again you use a word called pendulation which mm -hmm. which means you don't have to do this mind over matter. You don't have to do it tomorrow. You basically allow yourself to, I think the key word today is being kind to yourself. Yeah, so that's certainly. what pendulation is. Okay, so you are overwhelmed with thoughts and emotions. You don't feel very good. You can't tolerate it. Be nice to yourself. You can't tolerate it. That's fine. So it's a learned skill to learn to be with unpleasant sensations because again, our instinct as, as living creatures is to avoid unpleasant sensations. That's where consciousness has humans so different than every other living creature, is that our consciousness can torture us. So it's a learned skill to learn to be with these unpleasant thoughts and emotions. As you welcome them in and quit fighting them, paradoxically, you can move forward. If you're fighting them, you can't move forward, right? Right, exactly. So David, let's, um, you know, let's, we can unpackage this as we go through the episodes as you'll hear more and more about this. And um, I think what is great is we can leave the audience here with how, how can they start using ACT immediately? And in my frustration and trying to learn this stuff some uh, decades ago, I came up with something called the three C's. And so I'd like to offer it to listeners today. What, how to apply ACT. And so I've basically taken the six processes and broken, broken them down into three. So I call them the three C's. What are the three C's? One, catch, check, choose. Catch, check, choose. Let me break it down for you. So let's just say you wake up in the morning and you notice that your body is feeling a little bit more reactive today, or you wake up with a lot of obsessive thoughts, 
or your mind is just spinning or you're angry or anxious or sad, it doesn't quite matter. So let's kind of walk through the three C's and how to use act on the fly. Here's how it is. So I want you to, the first C is to catch. Catch yourself getting drunk in your thoughts and emotions and physical sensations. Just notice. So catch basically means notice what is showing up because you're being hypnotized and put into a trance. When you believe what your mind and body sends you, what happens is you, whatever your mind says, this is going to be a difficult day. So catch yourself because if you don't learn to catch yourself, that your mind is pushing you around. And if you don't catch yourself believing like, wow, I'm believing everything that's showing up. So learning to catch, which is another way of saying is notice what is showing up. That's the first C. The second C is basically is check. Check how much you're buying into what is showing up. Check into how much you are resisting. Because if you resist, it's going to persist. And if it persists, it's going to fire up and wire up your nervous system, which means you'll have more anxiety, depression, and or pain. The third C is besides catch, check, choose. What does that mean? Choose basically means is how do I wish to be towards myself during this difficult moment? Or ask yourself, what matters most to me? This, even though my mind and body is really bullying me or feeling like it's overwhelming, I am still in charge. What can I do? And so the question that gets begged is, how do I wish to be towards myself and or my pain and or the situation I'm in and move towards what matters to me? So for example, I would say, I wish to be kind to myself, then use kind words you basically, I might rub my chest or tap, or I might do my breath work or meditation. So I have choice, even though my mind and body is kind of, I feel like they're pushing me around. You always have choice. And this is why ACT is a behavioral, a mindful-based behavioral therapy. This is good stuff, Les. And I think over the next few episodes, we may unpack this one at a time. Um, So it's catch, check, and choose. Yep. So you walk through those three processes without moving away from it. Right. Yep, and again, it's counterintuitive. We're every human, every living creature is programmed to avoid pain, not to be with it. So, okay, you're in pain, you catch it, notice it, check how you're reacting to it. How are you showing up in the present moment? In other words, are you being kind to yourself? Are you being kind to other people? Then you choose what you want. And what you're doing, you're actually stimulating your brain to physically change. It's called neuroplasticity. So as you actually direct your attention to what you choose, that's where you develop. If you want to stay stuck, you know, dealing with these obsessive thought patterns, guess what? That's where your brain also develops. So this is really excellent. I appreciate the instruction, Dr. Arya. I now know more than I did a half hour ago. Now, seriously, this is good stuff. So catch, check, and choose. And uh, my day is going to be a good day, I think. Excellent, David. I, I think, and I hope, and that's one. Oh, that's what the work we do, David, as we kind of wrap up this episode. Is David and I really want you to recognize that we have a lot of choices in life, and also act is just a very great way um, to learn a set of skills to get you back to life. And pain sometimes dominates us, and we want to show you that if you don't have the right skills and/or the mindset or the attitude and how to deal with what difficulty that shows up you're going to basically continue to suffer. So we want to help reduce your unnecessary suffering. And David, um, one of the books I highly recommend to my patients and when they're part of my group 
is this book. It's called The Little Act Workbook, ACT. The Little ACT, The Little Act Workbook by Michael okay. Sinclair. Got it. Les, thank you. I enjoyed it. And thank you for listening to us today. We uh, enjoy talking to you. And, and I will say that you know, Les and I do joke around a bit. We think these thought patterns are really, it's a big deal. Yeah. And we get it. And so we're really anxious to help you out with it. You'll find out once you get past it, life changes dramatically. So I'm excited about the ACT concepts and there's different variations of it, but the basic principles are really solid. So in, anyway, Dr. Aria, thank you. And we'll see you soon. Take care. David and Les would love to hear from you about today's podcast and any ideas for future topics. You can email them at david-les at dynamichealingpodcast.com. That's david-les at dynamichealingpodcast.com. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.